if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to um, John's Gospel, chapter 5. I think it's going to come up on the screen behind me if you haven't got your Bibles. Um, and we shall read together. It's um, 15 verses. So um, for me, that's a lot because I normally preach from one verse, but we'll go for it. It's the story of where Jesus heals the lame man. It says this, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the holy, uh, Jewish holy days, Inside the city, near the sheep gate where the pool of Bethesda, uh, with the five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Interestingly, look at this. It jumps from verse 3 to verse 5. There is no verse 4. In some of your Bibles it will have, but in other Bibles it hasn't got verse 4. Anyway, we can talk about that later. If you want to come and, uh, come and t- ask me why there's only f- verse 4 is missing, talk to John. One of them... One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he'd been ill for what was a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, verse 10. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The Lord doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me to pick up my mat, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. And the man went, and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Let's pray. Father God, we pray. God, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that it is your spoken word in written form. And Father, we pray this morning that God, that you will help us to have a greater understanding of who you are. That God, that let no man, no woman, no boy or girl, no young person walk out of here the same as what they came in. But Father, we pray this morning that everybody will get something from you. That Lord Jesus, we believe and we know that your word never ever returns void. That it always goes out and accomplishes what it's set out to do. So Father, we pray, bless it. Speak to our hearts this morning. Speak to the very spirit of each man and woman here. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Amen Amen and amen. So here we have this particular story about this man who it says had been lame for 38 years. It doesn't say whether he was born like that. It doesn't say whether um, he'd, he'd grown up like that. We don't know how old he was, but he had been infirmed and he wasn't able to walk for 38 years. That is a long time. That is a seriously long time. Now, I'm not going to go into why verse 4 is in some of your Bibles and is not in some of your Bibles. Suffice to say that uh, some people believe that it should be there and some people believe that it shouldn't be there. Um, But it talks about the angel of the Lord ascending down and the reason that it was bubbling up was that people were waiting for the angel of the Lord to come down, for the pool to be stirred. It said for the the pool to be... um, troubled uh, and then somebody would jump into the pool and it was the first person it was like a fight the first person into the pool would then be healed that's why this guy was a little bit hacked off because he could never ever get in the pool but we don't know why that this guy was 
the way he was in one sense. We don't know why, when it happened. We don't know whether it was, the, it was because of an accident. We don't know whether it was from birth or whatever. But this guy was, he was ill. He was ill from the point of view of he couldn't walk. And what I want to do this morning is, is the title of my message is, is, gonna, is it going to come up on the screens? Comfort in the condition. You see, sometimes what can happen is, is that we can go through life and we can be comfortable in the very condition that we find ourselves in. And it might be something that we have become used to, but there is something of a comfort that comes when we have it around us. The first thing I want to say is this, is my first point is, is that this man was both hopeless and helpless. Not hopeless in the sense of he, he, you know, he couldn't do anything because he could obviously talk. He could obviously have communication with people. But there was, he was helpless in the fact of is that nobody could help him into the pool. It says Jesus came up to him and he asked him a question which we're going to come on to a moment. But before we get to that is that there was something about this man where there was both, there was a helplessness about him and a hopelessness. He wasn't hopeless but he didn't have any hope. There was something going on in this guy's life where all kind of positivity, everything had gone and the biggest thing that happens when we lose both our hope and we lose that we feel that we are alone and we don't have any help is the thing that we lose biggest sight of is our perspective. And this guy had lost all perspective on everything that was going on around him. Interestingly, He didn't know who Jesus was. Now you can imagine that this guy must have have heard about Jesus. I am surmising here a little bit. But you can imagine that there was a furore around at that time of a guy that was going around and healing people. There would have been, hey, have you heard about this guy that's going around? People are are being healed when they come into contact with him. He's saying weird and wonderful things. Did you hear it? A few weeks ago, he was up up on the side of a mountain and thousands of people were there and they all got fed by this guy. I can imagine that that this guy would have heard about Jesus, but actually he didn't know that he was in the presence of Jesus. How many times and how often has it been that God has spoken and we don't even know it was God? Why? Because what's going on around us is, is that we put ourselves into such a condition that we found comfort in where we are and actually we don't really want to hear the voice of God. You know, we can come into church and we can sing all the songs we like. We can, we can you know, sing uh, so many great songs that we've sang this morning, but do they really mean what we're singing? Because it's something that we have to understand is, is that do we want to stay where we are or do we want to move forward into what God has for us? Because if we want to move into what God has for us, let me tell you, a change has to happen. We can't stay in the state that we are. Metaphorically speaking, we may be lying on a mat and even though we may feel slightly uncomfortable, there is less hassle, there is less kind of... um, uh, effort in getting up and walking it's easy for us to stay on the mat and stay in the comfort of the mat but Jesus comes this morning by his spirit and says number one you need to get up 
and you need to walk. Actually, it, he said this, get up, pick up, and walk. Sometimes we have to get up, we have to pick up the stuff, and we have to walk. Why? Because maybe the stuff that Jesus still wants to deal with us, but we have to be walking for him to be able to deal with it. And, and this man was there, but the thing that he lost sight of was his perspective. Let me tell you, one of the biggest robbers that the enemy tries to come in and steal from people is your perspective. That nobody loves you, that nobody cares for you, that actually you can never amount to anything and it's your perspective that gets damaged and actually you live in that place of saying, do you know what, I can never achieve that, I can never do that. Why? Well, because I was told it many years ago. It may have even been 38 years ago. And we find comfort in our condition. It's actually kind of this man, we can use him as a picture of who we are, that maybe some of us this morning, we've been blinded, that we're not seeing things clearly, maybe some of us this morning feel a little bit of an invalid, maybe that we're walking with a limp, maybe this morning that we feel as if we're just down and, and, and we, can't, we can't get up anymore, but I want to say to you this morning, the Spirit of God says, get up. Pick up and walk. Get up, pick up and walk. Why? Because number one, you are not helpless. And number two, you are not hopeless. We can look at the situation around us and say, God, how can you move in this? And actually, God is saying, I want to move. I, I, I want to move, but I need you to move first. You see, uh, you may have heard me talk about this before, is that it's so interesting that Peter and John, you know, when they went, and you remember the song, um, Peter and John went out to pray, they met a lame man on the way, he asked for arms, he put out his arms, and this is what he did, walking and leaping and praise, do you remember that one? Some of you are going, oh yeah, I remember that song, and, uh, and it's the story of Peter and John, and they come across this lame man, now the interesting thing with the lame man is this, is that he said, he, uh, they said to him, they said, silver and gold I do not have. But in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and, and what did he do? You see, if they'd just done that, I don't, think the, I don't think it would have happened. I don't think the miracle would have happened. It says that Peter stooped down and grabbed the man by the hand. And it wasn't until the man began to get up, it says then his feet and ankles were strengthened. You read it in the Bible. So there was faith that was put on the part of the man before the miracle ever happened. And so often, the miracle is there and God is going, actually, come on, reach up and grab me, get hold of me, and then I'll do the miracle. But so often in life, what we want is, we want the miracle to take place before we've done anything. It don't work like that. That isn't the currency of heaven. The currency of heaven is faith. We have to believe and then you are saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and then you're saved. But so often, we don't want the believing bit. We just want God to come down and zap us. <coughs> you're saved. And God's like, no, it don't work like that. You know, I, I, uh, there's, a, there's a guy at Life. And uh, he, has, uh, he, he comes in to see me now and again. And uh, he, he said to me, I don't know, it, it, was, before, it was before the summer. And he comes in to see me and he goes, oh, he goes, Aaron, he goes, my, 
he goes, I've I got no money. He says, I'm really kind of, things are not good. And uh, th this guy has had a rough time with his family. Um, he's um, just going through a, um, a divorce. Um, you know, his wife has left him, et cetera, et cetera. And so, he, he, you know, he, he's had a troubled time and um, things have not been going well for him. And I, I sat down with this guy and I said to him, he says, oh, my, you know, my finances are up the creek, you know, it's, just, it's not good at all. So I looked at him and I, and maybe this is the pastoral heart in me. I haven't really got one. And, uh, and I, I said to him, well, I'm not going to say his name, I almost said his name then. I said, uh, 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 let's call him, I don't know, Clive. Why? I like the name Clive. I've always wanted to call a dog Clive. Wouldn't that be brilliant? You know what I mean? Imagine shouting at the top of your voice across the field, Clive. And then this thing. Anyway, call him Clive. Clive, I, I said to Clive, I said, Clive, I said, well, are you tithing? Now it's gone quiet, look. I said, are you tithing? He went, well. I said, mate, let me tell you this. I said, how is God going to bless you with your finances if you're not giving unto God what is already God's? I said, honestly, and he went, well, you know, I can't afford to tithe. I said, you can't afford not to tithe. Now, the thing with it is, is that the church gets hung up on tithing and money, all right? I've never, ever been about money, right? Some people and the situation and the finances that they find themselves in cannot give what, what the church or, uh, and the Bible would say, 10%. Let me tell you, I don't think God is hung up on 10%. I really don't. I believe that God is hung up on you giving something to him. And I said to this guy, I said, Clive, I said, don't give him 10%. Don't give the church 10%. I said, because if you give 10%, I said, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. That's ridiculous. I said, but, but even if you put a pound in, God's looking at the heart. I totally believe that. I do believe that. What, what, what we do is, though, is that we say, oh, well, you know, we, we can afford or we don't think that we can afford 10%. And then what happens is, is that, you know, things, things are going wrong in our lives. Let me tell you, sometimes I haven't been naturally been able to afford to tithe. But me and my wife, we tithe every single month and we have never, ever lacked for anything in our lives. Never. Why? Because it's the upside down kingdom of heaven. When you give, you do get, but you don't give to get. Do you understand what I mean? And, uh, and this guy, he, um, he, he, he said, oh, okay, okay, okay. And he stepped out and he began to tithe. Not, not a full 10%, a smaller amount than that. I think he was giving five, maybe 6%. And he just said, you know, this is, this is all I can afford. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was with me and he said, you know what? He says, God had just blessed me. He says, and I'm now giving, you know, what I believe I can give over and above what I was given before, and God's really blessed me. I said, why? Because you can never, ever outgive God. But, you, but there was faith involved. God can only bless when faith comes into action. And, uh, and this guy in the Bible, he is there. He is helpless and hopeless. And Jesus gives him a, Jesus gives him a command. Get up, pick up, and walk. The second thing is this, is there was both questions and answers that were given. Interesting. I always find that when my wife asks me a question, that sometimes I never give her the answer that she wants. And I will skirt around the issue, because that's what we do, men. Because, you know, we, we don't really, you know, want to give the full answer. 
Interestingly, Jesus asks him a question. And he asks him the, one of the weirdest questions that I've ever found in the Bible. Because this guy is lying on a mat. He is lame. And he says to him, do you want to be healed? Well, what a ridiculous question. Is this, is it, if you were ill, and I was to come up to you and go, do you want, do you want to be healed? Do, do, do you want to be well? You're not going to sit there and go, no. No, actually, no, I don't. No, I'm quite happy in my condition, but that's what we do. That's what we do. God says, I, I want to give you everything that you need. And you actually go, do you know what? I'm quite happy where I am, actually, Jesus. I'm quite happy in this comfortable state that I'm in. Interestingly, the man doesn't say no, and he doesn't say yes. He says, I can't. You see, as I've said, he's lost all perspective. He doesn't even know that he can be healed. He says, I, 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 can't, I can't be healed. I, I, he, he doesn't even give Jesus an answer. He gives Jesus an excuse. And so often in life, we give God an excuse rather than answer. And we don't step out in faith because we, we go, well, look at my surroundings, God. Look at what's going on around me. I, I can't do that. Why? My, my dad, who is a minister, I, when I was growing up, I used to say to me, Dad, uh, Dad would ask me a question and, and I'd go, oh, Dad, I can't do that. Can't, can't do it. He'd go, this is, and he still says it to me today, can't means won't. Can't, can't means won't. Can't means won't. And this man is here and he makes an excuse to stay in the position because actually, deep down, he doesn't want to move on from the condition that he is finding himself in because he finds comfort in it. Maybe, just maybe, that this guy was lying on his mat and he was known by everybody around him and that there maybe, just maybe, he had some friends and... And with him being in the situation that he found himself in, that actually there was comfort in lying by that pool every day because he was surrounded by people that were in the same condition as him and he actually enjoyed the company of being around. I don't know. And I'm not here to, to kind of, you know, say that that's, what, that's why he didn't want to be healed. But there was something within this man of he made an excuse of why why Jesus couldn't heal him. Why he could never be fulfilled. Why he could never be whole was because of, of an excuse that he made. Perspective was lost. Interestingly, I believe that each one of us, God wants us to live not in darkness but in light. How many believe that? God wants us to live not in Darkness, but in light. But actually, we choose to live in darkness. We choose to live under the shadow of something. Why? Because we find comfort in it. You know, how many people, when we go away on holiday, uh, and we, we, we go away to, to these beautiful places that are lovely and hot, and the first thing we do is when we get there, we moan about being where we are because it's too hot. I don't get it. This year... We went away, me and my wife, we went to Crete with all my, all my family. And uh, my mum and dad and my, my sister and uh, my two sisters 
my sister flew over from Australia. She lives in Adelaide. And, uh, and we, we all went on holiday together, 14 of us. It was ridiculous. It was mental. And the first day we get there, we're all sitting around the pool. This is no word of a lie. Now, it was like, you know, 28, 29 degrees, but I love the heat. I, the hotter, the better for me. Burn, baby, burn. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I absolutely love the heat. My wife sits next to me and goes, oh, it's too hot, isn't it? Well, are you kidding me? We've just paid hundreds of pounds to be here, to have a break and not do anything for the next week and a half, two weeks. And, we, and you're complaining that the sun is shining. It's just, it's just bonkers. And what does she do? She gets her bed by the pool and she moves it, what? Into the shade. What's all that about? She moves it into the shade. Why? Because she's more comfortable in the shade. And we can go through life not living in the light, but actually we move our metaphorical bed and we put it into the shade. Why? Well, it's a bit more comfortable here. I can live with, with what's going on. But actually, Jesus says, get up, pick up, and walk. You don't have to live with this condition. You don't have to live with the things that, that are going on in your life. That thing that you're resting in, that thing that actually is now defining you and defining your identity and you've let it, you've let it kind of um, uh, define who you are as a person. Why? Because there's something of comfort in it. If you, if, if you have maybe, I don't know, something that's going on and, uh, and you know that actually you find comfort in the fact of somebody coming up to you because they know about the situation or the circumstance that you find yourself in and you actually find comfort in people coming up to you and going, hey, how are you? How's that thing? And you're, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, st I'm st still struggling on. And we can almost become, we actually like the attention that it brings us. But God says, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. You don't have to live with this stuff that we, we find ourselves in, but we become comfortable in the condition. The third thing is this, is that not only was the man helpless and hopeless, not only were questions and answers given, but change can cause confusion. Change and confusion. You know, I'm sure over the last kind of three, four years here at Lytham, there's been a bit of change. And has it caused a bit of confusion? Absolutely. Because change always causes confusion. I remember when we were, when we very first started at Life, and... Um, we, um, everything in the, in the church was black and white. Everything. It, it was black chairs, black walls, white tablecloths. Everything. Everything was black and white. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I don't know why it was like that, but I was sick and tired of seeing black and white everywhere. So me and my wife, when we took over, we thought to ourselves, are we going to change this? Let us, let's move the pendulum slightly. And one week after a Sunday morning, I got some guys in um, and we painted some of the walls in the main hall and we painted them lime green 
We painted them fuchsia pink. We painted them aqua blue. And it looked like Coco the Clown had been sick all over the church. All right? And they came in the following week, everyone into church, and some people were like, oh, this is fantastic. Look at this. Looks like, you know, wacky warehouse. Other people were like, that's disgusting. That is terrible. What have, you, what have you done to the sanctuary? You know what I mean? <laughs> what have you done to this place? And, and the reason I did it was this, is because no matter where we meet, no matter what's going on, we should still be able to worship God. Because worship is never about style, it's about heart. So whether we have a full pumping band or whether we just have an iPad and a backing track, you should be able to worship God if you love Jesus. Honestly, and I don't say that to, to, to be hard, it's just a fact of life. If you go into a cathedral and there's an organ playing and it's playing a song like, I don't know, like, like an old hymn, How Great Thou Art or something, us lot, if you're a Christian here this morning, you should have your hands in the air and you should be able to worship God. Why? Because it's never ever about style, it's about heart. But, char but this change that we did at life, it brought a little bit of confusion. It, we, what, 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 what are we doing? What, why, what, why have you done that? And the only reason I did it was just to mix things up again. Now we've gone back to white walls and, you know, every, and it, it's, it's fine, you know what I mean? But I did it, why? Just to, just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Because why? Because we become comfortable in our condition. Let me tell you this. I know for a fact that every single week when I come to Lytham, I know I can almost put my, I, can, I don't bet, all right? But if I was to be a betting man, I would be able to, to bet where everybody sits in here. Why? But, be, 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 because you have your seat. That is not your seat. It's not your seat. But what we do is, is that we, we become creatures of habit and we look for comfort. Right? If, if John was to go and sit on the back row... All you lot, I guarantee you, why, why is he sitting at the back? What, 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 what's happened? What, 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 why, why is he walking down the aisle to convene the meeting? What, what's going on? Why? Because it causes change, always causes confusion. And this man had been healed by Jesus. This man had been healed by Jesus. And let me tell you, the man didn't even know it was Jesus. Didn't even know it was Jesus. And he, he speaks then to the Pharisees and all those guys and confusion reigns. Because the guys were like, why? why? They, they must have known this guy. They would have seen him, definitely. It isn't in the Bible, but I, I, I'll bet you. You understand what I you know in my heart, by the way. Please don't come out. I don't, you know. But... I can, I, they must have known him. They must have seen him. And they're there. Why are you walking? What's going on? There has been a change in your condition. And when a change comes to a condition, let me tell you, confusion happens. Some of you guys in this room have got family members that don't understand why you come to church. They, have, they don't get what has happened to you. And rather than try and ask you and say, hey, well, what's going on? All they do is, is that they will try and pull you down or they will say something. Why? Because they just don't understand. Because a change has happened and confusion reigns. 
confusion reigns. But I believe that God actually, through the confusion, was still speaking. That God was doing something right at the very end of this story. And with this we're going to close. Yes, you can come up. Verse 13, it says this, the man didn't know for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. The man didn't know that Je- who Jesus was or, or what Jesus was about. Verse 14, but afterward Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, stop sinning. What an odd thing to say. But seriously, that is a, this guy had been lying on a mat for 38 years, waiting to be healed, and instead of Jesus going, oh, My Father, thank you so much. What faith. God, you are my Father in heaven. Thank you for for healing. You know, uh, he he goes, uh, stop sinning. Don't don't continue to do what you've been doing. This guy's been lying on a mat. So when we think about sinning, the first thing that we will think about normally is an action. Yes? Yes? Stop sinning. Stop doing what you've been doing. Yeah? So if you're a thief and we go stop sinning, well, what, what's that? Stop stealing. Yeah? I don't think Jesus was addressing, addressing an action that this man had done. I think that Jesus was actually speaking to a mindset. That Jesus was saying, hey, don't live under this whole thing of thinking that I can't. Do you remember? Because that's what he said. He said, I I, I can't be healed. I I can't. And I, I believe, personally, that Jesus was actually speaking to the intellect of the man and saying, do you know what? You can. Do you know what? You can. It isn't that you can't, but you can. Last week when I preached this, how many people here, remember, yeah, some of you are already with me. Yeah, there's smiles on some of your faces so you know where I'm going. How many people remember Keith Harrison Orville? Yes, Keith Harrison Orville, the green duck. And he had a song that was in the charts. I wish I could fly right up to the sky, but I can't. You can't, I can't. Your dad would have known those guys, wouldn't he? You know what I mean? But, but it's, it's true. And this duck, this jolly duck, he wished he could fly. He couldn't. I can't. But you can't. I can't. And we almost become these people that wish we could do something. And God is saying, you can. You can do it. You can do what God... You, you have all the power that was given to my son is living in you. You can do it. I can't. You can And we live with this mentality and it actually, let me tell you, is a sin to go against what God is saying. You know, earlier on this year I was at a conference and I heard a great man of God by the name of Bill Johnson and you will know, some of you will know him. And and while I was at this conference, I had to ask God to forgive me. And 
the reason I asked God to forgive me was, is that some of you may know who Bill Johnson is. He's the pastor of a church called Bethel in America. And some weird stuff has happened in his church, like weird things. Like, you know, I don't know, gold dust on people's hands and things like that. And I've always been a bit like, hmm. I've always been a bit like that. But this guy preached an incredible message. And it's something that has stuck with me since then. Some of you believe this morning that you can't do what God has called you to do because maybe you think that you're not good enough or maybe you think that I'm not resourced enough. But this is what Bill Johnson said, and I quote this a lot now wherever I preach. I, I, even, I said it last week at HTB with you know 400 leaders all in the room, Nicky Gumbel sitting on the front row. I said this, and it's what Bill Johnson said. He said, God trusts you so much he thinks you are so amazing not you and your wife not you and your husband not you and your friend you he thinks you are so incredible that he has entrusted you personally with his holy spirit he thinks you are that incredible that he is willing to give you his holy spirit to be able to do everything that God has called you to do. I think that's incredible. So when we say that we can't, we are actually sinning, I believe. And this is what Jesus was talking about. Stop sinning. Stop saying that you can't do it. Fix your mindset. Change your perspective. Why? Because you can. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All the things that are pertaining to you. Everything that you need, God has given to you. But most of us never reach it. Why? Because we're actually comfortable in the condition that we find ourselves in. Well, this is my lot. This is it. This is, this is, this is my family situation. This is my financial situation. This is, this is my work situation. Let's just bow our heads for a second. There's somebody here this morning that is, and the reason I'm being slightly hesitant is because God's speaking. <clears throat> There's somebody here this morning that is deeply unhappy where they work. Deeply. Like, you struggle to get out of bed in the morning because you hate your job that much. And you may say, well, I, I can't change it. I, 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 can't, I can't get out of that because of this, 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 and this. But I want to give you something that I believe is a word of the Lord this morning. That if you begin to push doors, God is going to open doors for you. So you can change your job. And you're not going to have to lack for anything. And you're saying, well, I can't do it because of A, B, C, and D. And God says, yeah, but your answer lies in E. Begin to move. Get up, pick up, and walk. Can everyone stand with me for a second? My time has gone, well and truly. I want to do something this morning that I did last week at Life. And I'm not doing this for any other reason that I believe that God has really kind of placed something on me for this whole thing of 
mindset change and a shift in perspective, etc., etc. And um, and I want to do something. We're going to worship God in a moment. And what I'm going to do this morning is is that just for the next five or six minutes, I'm going to pray for people that maybe God has spoken to you this morning. You say, do you know what, Aaron? Yeah, I, I, I just want something of a touch from God. Maybe you feel helpless and hopeless. Maybe you need a shift in a, in a family matter. I, maybe it's if I don't know what it is, but you say, do you know what? Something of what you've said has spoken to me this morning, and I want you to seal it with a word of prayer. What we're going to do is this. is In a moment, we're going to begin to sing. And I would ask you not to wait. Don't wait until you go, oh, well, I don't want to be the first. Just get up, pick up, and walk. And just come to the front. And I will pray with you. It won't be a long prayer because it doesn't actually need to be a long prayer. All it needs to be is in the name of Jesus. That's all it needs to be. I think sometimes we overcomplicate things and we try and make highfalutin prayers and God just says, come on, just say the name. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. Every demon in hell must tremble at the name of what? Jesus. Not at the name of anything else. And it's the name of Jesus that breaks things. And that's all I'll do. And we'll, we'll let God do what only he can do. So Father God, I pray that Lord Jesus, we spend the next just few moments, God, worshipping you. God, I pray that you will fill this place, oh God, with something of your tangible presence. That Father, I pray that God, that you will do what only you can do. And that Lord Jesus, that Father this morning, that God, that we will, Father, understand that we don't need to live in the comfort of our condition. But God, that we can move. And that, Father, that we can be moved into something fresh in you. That sometimes, God, when we hear you talk, we don't even recognize that it's you. But God, we believe this morning that you want to speak. We believe this morning that you've already spoken. And God, we now want to begin to respond to what you are saying. In the name of Jesus, amen.